Martech Stacked, episode 25 with Alexandra Panyuhina. Brought to you by Content Cow. Plan, collaborate on, approve, and publish your content in one simple and intuitive calendar interface. This is Martech Stacked, the weekly show that delves into the what, which, why, and how of marketing technology. I'm your host, David Bain. And each episode, I'll be chatting with a top marketer or a top technologist about what MarTech they use, which are their top tools, why they use the tools that they do, and how they integrate everything together as part of their overarching content marketing strategy and MarTech stack. I'm joined today by a lady who's passionate about events and inspired by marketing. She's the former head of event marketing for SEM Rush and a current SaaS event marketer and head of event marketing for Userlane. Welcome to Martech Stacked, Alexandra Panihina. Hello, David. It's my pleasure to be here. Great to have you on. And um, you can find Alexandra over at eventmadness.pro. So, Alexandra, explain what Userlane does and how you use marketing technology to make it better. Right. So Userlane is a digital adoption platform. And if to say it in a simple word, it's an interactive guidance uh, for any type of software to make it easy to use and uh, easy to get started. So basically, for something like Salesforce or SAP, you can implement Userlane, add it as an additional uh, layer of guidance and uh, let your employees or your customers complete any task really easy in a fun way and accomplish what they wanted to. Great. Okay. So I haven't actually used user lane before. So I'm just imagining what the typical use case scenario would be and, and really what it involves. So um, does that mean that it involves additional training on top of um, a SaaS brand's own training? Or how does it actually assist with um, giving people a better user experience? Yeah, it actually helps to eliminate this additional hours of training or videos or PDFs with that. So it uh, allows you to build the flows that you want your users to accomplish right into your software and let them choose, okay, what they want to do. If we take an example of Salesforce, if you want to create a lead and you don't know how to do that, um, Userlane Assistant will prompt you and say, okay, do you want to create a lead? Let me guide you through it. And uh, it will show you exactly where you have to press the button or where you have to write something, and you will actually accomplish the task. So it's not like a separate training, but it's actually doing the um, uh, doing your work within the software and actually uh, accomplishing it without prior training, without without knowing it before. As we like to say that um, even your grandmother will be able to operate within Salesforce if she has Userlane installed. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so we're focusing in on, to a certain degree, event marketing today and the marketing technology tools that you use to support that particular sector that you focus in on. Um, so let's ask you about the common tools, the, the top tools that you tend to use in your job role. So starting off with number three, what are your top three tools in your current Mart MarTech stack and why? Yeah, and uh, for this episode specifically, I try to choose the tools that will be universal and not just uh, specific for the events so that anyone can benefit from them. Uh, and if to start with number three, I think I will be a little bit biased here because I will say Asim Rush. 
I, I keep using it and I think it's a really great tool. Uh, in particular, I love um, topic research for events because it allows me to analyze any topic really fast, understand what's trending right now and help me form the agenda or provide some of the suggestions for the speakers, uh, what we can focus on or what questions we can uh, discuss during their session. So um, really great way to set up the agenda, to make some research, especially if you're new to the industry in which you have to create the event. So I would say this is now my number three. Um, so, that, so, so let's dive into SEM Rush and why you chose SEM Rush as well, a little bit deeper, and also your use of it as well, because I'm intrigued that you're not an SEO, you're largely an event marketer, but you still dive into the tool, you still l use the tool. And that's, um, I, I guess, a demonstration that these kind of tools can be useful to different job roles than, I guess, how they were set up traditionally to begin with to support um, primarily SEO. Um, so wh what's your use case? I mean, just, just dive, diving into specifically how you do that. So you mentioned Topic Explorer there as well. Um, how would you go about... Um, uh, helping a speaker refine what they're speaking about. W would you take a subject from them and then suggest um, certain subheadings in terms of topics from SEM Rush? Yeah, basically, when I approach event creation or event programming, I do the research of what is currently trending, uh, what topics we really need to tackle in our agenda, uh, and that's where SMRush in particular comes in place with topic research. So uh, uh, let's say I need to make an event. I have a great example from Userlane because it was really new industry for me. So I had to set up an event about software rollouts. So about how to roll out uh, SAP or like Salesforce in your organization of 100,000 employees. Um, and I went into the topic research just to understand what do people talk about uh, when it comes to software rollouts, what problems there are, what trends there are out there. And it helped me to find really amazing topics um, like about putting people first uh, or uh, how to succeed, some of the strategies, uh, uh, the questions that people are asking. And then it helped me to form the draft agenda with which I could already go to potential speakers and see where their passion is and what they will be in particular interested to talk about. And once they would choose it, I could um, again refer to topic research and get the specific titles because um, as you as you know for sure as a marketer, getting the right headline and uh, making it really attractive for potential attendees is the key and it's really hard to do. So this is um, a great place uh, to get some inspiration, especially if you feel stuck and uh, you don't know how to name it properly. So that would be one of my workflows with topic research in particular. Okay, great. So just to clarify, you will decide upon the overarching theme of the talk, first of all, um, you will then reach out to potential speakers, um, and then work with them to hone the topic, um, again, using SEM Rush to ensure that um, you're covering every aspect of the, the category of topic that people are actually searching for at the moment. Yes, uh, of course, there is also part of um, 
talking to customers and talking to experts within the industry uh, to, to ensure that I have as much input as possible for gender programming. But as for the tools, this is my go-to. Okay, good stuff. Um, and um, I guess just understanding a little bit more about how you use the tool. Um, so are you looking for topics that are trending and particularly popular at this moment in time? Um, and um, will SEM Rush actually give you a flavor of a topic that happens to be particular, particularly popular uh, and has been popular maybe just for the last three months or so as opposed to the last year can it can it hone into that kind of level of granularity in terms of when the topic was popular um basically you will i guess see there are always the topics that are let's say generally popular uh, and usually they would be more generic like okay what is uh, you know what is customer onboarding versus customer experience uh, or there are some new topics that are popular in particular right now. But uh, of course, the tool gives you the information and then it's up to you also to analyze it and understand if it's really something that will be uh, trending right now. You can go into the search results that it provides. You can actually look at the SERP and see when it was trending or okay, when were these articles published. And just one final question in relation to SEM Rush. Now, I know that you did work for SEM Rush for about three years too. So, uh, to a certain degree, you may just have been exposed to that tool um, compared with other similar tools in the marketplace. But um, are you aware of any other similar tools out there? And um, is there a reason apart from the fact that you worked for SEM Rush that you actually decided to select SEM Rush over another tool out there? Yeah, I think there is definitely the piece that I've been studying all these tools in and out um, for almost four years, actually. Uh, so 100% that affected my <laughs> selection, my choice. Um, I actually don't know the like the uh, same tool that could be out there uh, that would provide the same functionality. And to be honest, I was not exactly looking for alternatives because uh, I was really happy with what I can get. Because apart from topic research, I'm also using all of the other tools within the content toolkit. And uh, I can use some of the other um, toolkits as well for SEO, for example, just to also within the marketing team, not just for myself. Um, so that was also one of the reasons, the variety of uh, what you can get uh, within um, SMrush. I think the other tool at least what my coworkers used before I introduced them <laughs> to SMrush, they would just Google and try to see it. But I think Topic Research gives you just um, much, uh, much better overview, much easier and much faster. Plus, uh, you can you know, have this clear selection and uh, more in-depth uh, visibility into what's in there. So that's SEM Rush, tool number three in your MarTech stack. What is tool number two? I think tool number two is my recent addition is Miro which is not 100% MarTech. Uh, it's more of a collaborative tool, but I totally love it and uh, use it for different purposes. Um, I use it for my own planning uh, instead of you know, whiteboard with stickers. Um, I use it uh, for workshops and for the brainstorming. I use it for events, um, for like uh, initial ideation. And then I also use it... Um, to make sessions more interactive and uh, 
to let people get some actionable outcomes and actionable insights right afterwards because uh, you can basically do an ebook uh, right after the event with the input that uh, people provided to you. So they really feel as co-creators of your events and co-creators of the value that they get out of it. So there are multiple use cases. And really right now, whenever I think about setting up an event, I think how to uh, incorporate a brainstorming session where I will use Miro for that. I love that, actually. And I don't believe that I've used Miro before. So I always love finding out about um, tools, technologies that I haven't used before. So that's just Miro.com, just the four letters. Um, and the pricing seems very affordable as well. And they start off with a free plan as well. Um, they talk about where distributed teams get work done. And uh, there's lots of different um, scenarios, I guess, that you can use it for. And my mind um, certainly goes to content when I'm creating different experiences as well. And I loved um, the fact that you touched upon involving the audience in the creation of content and the creation of other content in addition to the events that you're producing itself. Where did you find out about Miro from? I think I've um, I've had it on my radar for a while, um, just because uh, probably I'm this... Um, tech nerd and I'm always uh, researching what's out there, what uh, new tools are out there. Um, also because um, actually uh, it started uh, in Russia and one of the offices is in Perm in Russia. So maybe as well it was uh, um, closer to home, so to say. Um, however, it's uh, super global right now and it has a team and offices all across the world. Um, and it was just a very very easy to use and the use case was clear and it was something that I was looking for because uh, um, at SMRush, for example, my team was distributed and at that time I didn't have you know, the tool to run planning or you know, to, to make the stickers on to do in progress done list, uh, which I really love to visualize and to have team actually write the stickers and uh, put them across the board. So, um, Actually, I started using Miro after I left SMRush, and then I was like, oh my God, I really needed this one um, back then, so I'm definitely going to use it and definitely going to try it. Um, and I love the design, I uh, love the way you can utilize it and ease of setup and the amount of use cases that um, you can uh, apply it to. So what's a specific example of how you've incorporated Miro into an event? What, what's a success story that you've had in the past? Can you give me an example of a piece of content that's maybe been created collaboratively as a result of using this software? Yeah, for sure. So uh, once again, I will refer to an event with the software rollouts, uh, which was uh, really, really fun because uh, the topic seems to be not so exciting and not so fun. And you don't expect people uh, to have a good laugh and to be really excited about some sessions uh, uh, with such events. But what we did is um, the brainstorming session, which we also did in uh, two languages, in English and in German, to serve uh, the customers at its best and allow people to choose the language they feel most comfortable um, in brainstorming because it's different when you consume the content or when you actually have to produce. Uh, so we did two parallel sessions and each of them had the mirror board uh, created where there were certain steps people had to make. So first there was an introduction, then there was um, 
the brainstorming of all of the problems that you may encounter during the software rollouts. People had to then uh, uh, split them into the um, specific stages of software rollout, whether that was uh, pre-rollout uh, stage, during the rollout, and afterwards. So they would assign these problems to different stages. And then the most interesting part started. They had to brainstorm the solutions. And uh, the main rule of the brainstorm is that every idea, even if it's a crazy one, counts, and it's a good idea. So really, we have people coming up with great solutions for every single problem that was listed out there on every stage. And uh, as a result, uh, we got um, the kind of crowdsourced uh, checklist of what can go wrong, uh, what can go wrong at different stage of the rollout and the list of solutions. Some of the solutions, they were uh, kind of from their own best practices. Some of them were more ideas and um, solutions from the ideal world. But still, it's a lot of food for thought. And then we easily exported it into the PDF. Um, that's also one functionality of Mira that allows you to just export it and you have an ebook and you have the crowdsourced ebook of what you can do. And then you can also turn it into another piece of content into an actual design checklist. And then you can write a blog post or then you can discuss it with an expert during your live stream series. So there is so much opportunity to also repurpose this content. And uh, uh, also I think people really enjoyed um, using it afterwards because uh, they got an actual piece of content right after the event uh, that they could use further down the road. And that's uh, one of the pieces that is often missed um, at the events that, okay, it happens, but then the momentum is over and there is nothing happening afterwards. But here there is you know, this um, uh, continuous value that event delivers. And like, as for the, uh, we also ask people for key takeaways and uh, some of them were referring to um, like, okay, we see that actually we experience the same problems or, okay, great solutions out there. But also one of the key takeaway was, uh, Mira is so much fun. Please do more sessions like that. So since then, I definitely encourage every event organizer to utilize that. And the thing is, it's really easy to use, easy to explain and creates, uh, this collaborative atmosphere. And you feel, you see all these, you know, dots uh, moving around the mirror board, and you feel like in a room with real people, which uh, which is something that is hard to recreate right now with virtual events. Mm -hmm. um, but that's one of the ways um, to feel closer to people. Great job! I, I love it. And almost the limit of this technology is the limit of your own creativity. You can just about um, <laughs> you can you can do a lot of things with it. I, I've produced a lot of digital marketing training programs in the past, and I think that this would be uh, a wonderful piece of software that you you could use for different breakout sessions. So you do a more formal presentation, formal training, then after that you get a group of people together to, I guess, ensure that they demonstrate what, what they learned as part of it and um, they, they, they pull their own ideas into it. There's so many possibilities there. So we've got SEM Rush as your tool number three. Miro is your tool number two. What is your MarTech tool number one? My MarTech tool number one is actually a very simple solution that is designed for one task to send uh, personalized emails as if from your inbox. Um, it's called Yum or yet another mail merch. It's an add-on for Google Sheets. And when I was thinking how to rank 
which tool, which would be number uh, two or number one, uh, I realized that this is number one because um, wherever I go, uh, or even for my own personal use, I get this tool at once because I don't see any other alternative for it. Um, and it's super easy to use, but it provides tremendous value, as in my opinion. Um, it's super easy to set up. You just um, add first name, last name, email into the Google sheet of uh, people you want to uh, email. Then you create a draft uh, message in your inbox, save it in the drafts, and you start mail merge. It will um, pull your first name, or you can even personalize the topic um, that uh, you want to include, like in the subject of the email. And um, it will send out an email that looks like you've actually written it and you've actually addressed it to this particular person. So not a single, uh, I think, um, kind of email automation tool will create the email looking this way that feels really personal, that, that looks super plain, super simple. There are no banners, no HTML included, nothing like that. Um, I And it costs like $40 a year. So I think it's uh, one of the best investments you can make uh, with that. What I've seen and like why I uh, stick to that tool is that um, my open rates would be around 60 to 80%. It also depends on when do you send, like is it before event, after event. Um, and also like, click rates are high. And what is in particular nice is that there is response rate and people are actually responding to this email because they see the real person behind it. People sometimes uh, receive an email from me and then they connect on LinkedIn uh, with me right away, um, answering there and I pick up the conversation there or they respond to me and I can uh, in email and I respond right away. And this message still looks the same, right? It's still the email thread. It's not like you got this automated message and, you know, if you respond, it will probably get to this generic mail at domainname.com and nobody will ever get back to you. Here, it's really personal. It's really like connecting real people. So I stick to it. You can send, uh, uh, I think, uh, 1,500 emails per day. I've never hit the limit so far because, uh, of course, if you have an event for like 10,000 people, you will use automation tool to send the updates. But at the same time, if you have an event for 10,000 people, most likely you will have you know, certain personalization on your agenda or certain groups of the attendees that you want to communicate to differently with a different message to provide different experience. So that's also something you can use. Plus, what I've found as another like, benefit of this, uh, when you run this type of uh, pre-event communication from your personal inbox, when you respond to people, by the time you meet at the event in person or even right now in virtual, when then you appear on the screen or you are in the chat, people feel connected to you. Like uh, they feel that you've had some kind of um, like connection beforehand. You discussed some things, even if they were minor questions, but they got the response from you. They feel this personal connection and this increases the level of engagement of people into the event because they know here is Alexandra. I talked to her in the email. Here she is in the chat and that's the work that she has been doing. And she put like her heart and soul into this event. So. Okay, I'm going to listen to what they have to say. 
and after the event as well like people will message you sometimes on their own not because they respond to the follow-up but they will message on their own saying thank you for the event or maybe they have some additional questions and this is i think the best like, that you can get out of the event this level of connection and i definitely see a kind of contribution of yet another male merge in it Love it. Yes, you certainly have to ensure that people feel as if they're communicating with you on a one by one basis. And you're obviously achieving that by getting 60 to 80% open rates for your email. That's very impressive indeed. I've heard of this software. I haven't used this particular software. I've used Mailshake, which is quite similar in that it integrates with Gmail. Um, obviously, you mentioned that the upper limit of the number of emails that you can send per day is 1,500. Um, I thought it was less than that, actually. I, I, I thought, but you, you, you're obviously right with this, this bit of software. Um, do you know if you have to warm up your Gmail account in order to be able to send that quantity of emails per day? Uh, you mean in terms of the warm up, like have some traction on it? Yes, or... have some traction to demonstrate essentially that you're not a, not a spam provider. Because if you open a Gmail account and you suddenly go to sending a thousand emails per day, then Google um, are likely to potentially... Um, treat you as as, as, a, as a spam sender. And um, I was just wondering if there's any work that you had to do to um, send a, a growing number each day and work up towards the, the high numbers per day that you can perhaps deliver. Actually, it's a good question. Um, I don't know precisely because probably I've never ran into that problem. I've always installed it uh, already on top of the account that was... Uh, in action so it was not a new account but it was my real um inbox so i think there are certain requirements uh, that um regarding maybe domain being used uh, or like the uh time that you've been using this inbox but uh, i can't say right now for sure also because i've been okay. using it for so long um, I remember them since they launched and the price was about $15 uh, per year. Now, you know, it's going up 40 already. So you can still get your deal maybe at the 40. Who knows if they raise the prices again. But uh, yeah, so it's hard to, for me to say right now about the specific requirements because I've been with them for so long. Okay, it's always good when you can lock in software at the initial price and then pay that every single year or perhaps just pay one price forever. That's a, a possibility as well. If you go through AppSumo or, or something like that to lock in software yeah. deals to begin with. So I, I would assume that this um, particular um, software, um, Yam, is um, available in G Suite as well as just regular Gmail. Yeah, it should be. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm sure. I'm sure it is. Um, and uh, the only other question that I've got in relation to it is, can you automate follow-ups? Um, so if someone hasn't responded to an email, can you send an automated follow-up or chaser within a certain number of days? Um, I think they do have some sort of functionality like that. Um, I haven't really done it because I always prefer to spend a little bit more time but uh, to look at uh, what was their relation with that person maybe or uh, personalize the message accordingly so normally uh, what i would do is i see like the tracking which is another great feature it's just the tracking in google sheets of okay, of who 
uh, if the email was delivered, if the email was opened or actually clicked or responded, so the status uh, updates. And then I'll just create another tab saying that, okay, second follow-up did not respond. And I would uh, make another list in there and just copy paste people uh, who, let's say, received an email but did not click on it and so on and so on. You're such a white hat marketer. You're such an ethical, hardworking marketer. It's, good. it's great stuff. I guess so. it's uh, events. You know, you care about every single detail and try to create this white glove experience uh, for all of you attendees. So I really see a lot of value. And probably because I interact with these people, I understand that it matters and that it's hard, but it's rewarding. Great stuff. Okay, well, let's bring your thinking back to user lane again for a second and um, just ask you the question as user lane grows what's an example of a process that you currently do manually that you may wish to automate as a business using marketing technology in the future i guess i will also refer here to my day-to-day -day job and every sure. event marketer will relate to that it's um preparing information for like on the leads on this context that you got from the event for the upload to CRM. So usually the data comes to you, especially if it's like from a third party, it's quite a mess, to be honest. So you really have to do some cleaning up. You have to break them by the columns, ensure that the fields correspond to what your CRM requires. And it takes quite some time to um, put it all together. So if there was a tool that I could feed, you know, the uh, unpolished csv file or any other type of data and that will prepare a nice list that is 100 percent aligned with what my crm requires and ideally would also run the synchronization uh, that would be perfect <laughs> okay great i'll try and get a magic wand to uh, uh, deliver that piece of software but uh, it would be useful for many marketers to be able to take data that's fairly messy that's not in the same format that they wanted in and immediately detect what's the name what's the email address what's other forms of data and just enter it into their database without any any manual shenanigans <laughs> okay exactly. let's move on to uh, asking you what is something you have in mind that would be a wonderful piece of marketing technology that perhaps doesn't even exist yet but you would love love to see created yeah i think here i would um again um, bring in my event mind for that so i'm dreaming about the event technology that would allow for very interactive meetings and so when i think about it it's not just um, possibility to interact in the chat or set the reaction with like thumbs up or hearts that you can do on LinkedIn, for example, or in some other tools, but actually something that will uh, uh, bring the mirror as a part of it, that will allow people to create their own breakout rooms and not the organizer to set them up, uh, that will allow people to move around or um, have you know some conversations and some sessions that they initiate themselves at the same time there will be you know broadcasting uh, of the main speakers and so on so something that will be highly interactive uh, also will look really good and modern um, and will have a lot of inbuilt like integrations so that you don't have to jump through different tabs and also make your attendees jump through different tabs which can be a little bit hard and distracting when it uh, comes to virtual events i see tools um, coming to the market that have some part of this functionality 
but um, I would love to, you know, unite them all together in one piece and uh, have all of them working as one and one platform where people just have to log in and uh, like it's browser based 100%. Nobody wants to download any specific app. And ideally, it's available not just on Chrome browser. Yeah, <laughs> please support, <laughs> please support Safari, please support Firefox. Uh, um, okay, Internet Explorer can be out. I love <laughs> that. I love that. And I can relate with you because I produce online events as well. And I produced an online event just yesterday, actually, um, for an IP firm. And the platform that I used was Demio. Now, De Demio are very progressive. And to me, they look much more modern and intuitive than a platform like Zoom. And I think there are a lot of good things about Demio. In fact, I interviewed David Abrams uh, for episode 15 of Martech Stacked. So, you know, great guy, um, great discussion that we had there. Um, but the one frustration that I had was um, users not being able to immediately see who else was online and immediately private message people as well. And I think your suggested additional functionality of creating their own breakout, breakout rooms is even, be even better as well but simply the fact that on Demio at the moment you can't actually private message people unless um, other that other person has already publicly commented on the platform which seems like a very strange limitation to have yeah. but I guess it's difficult to, to think about every single scenario but I, I, I love your suggestion there yeah that's that's true that there are many platforms and many great platforms like um, I love this rally video where you can actually hear other people talking in another breakout room, like this rumbling talk as if at the conference or Run the World offers great functionality for interactions and for like very sleek and social media platform style design. And then like, as you said, Demio looks really nice. Uh, I think they also have limitations for the number of people on the platform. So that was one of the things um, that I was not maybe so happy about. Um, and then there's that webinar with great functionality and then tons of other event platforms um, and event technology that is suitable for either thousands of people tuning in for, for smaller number of people like Meet Butter with this direct integration of Miro actually. So there, there are great tools out there. The problem is that when you want to put an event with this and that and that, you have to put like five tools together and then you have to ensure that people can uh, like smoothly move from one platform to another, but it doesn't happen. Like they have to create an account on every platform. They have to log in. Each platform has different uh, requirements in terms of the device or the browser, and it just turns into a mess. And majority of people are still not that tech savvy. Um, unlike event organizers that, that just turned into monsters of technology this year. So people are still not entirely sure how to operate Zoom in most cases. So that's yeah, where the absolutely. problem comes in place. Like you can't really put together five platforms and make people use them. You have to choose one, two maximum also to minimize the risks of something going wrong or something being down, which also happens even with some of my favorite tools as well. So yeah, that's, that's the thing. And that's why I dream about the day when I can see that uh, event. <laughs> it's getting better, but it's, 
yeah it needs it needs to improve still i mean going back to the event from that i produced yesterday as well i used um zoom for the breakout rooms and demo for the core platform but naturally when you ask people to move from one piece of technology to the next you're going to get a big drop-off rate and that's frustrating because you want to keep people as engaged as possible exactly okay well a lot of great thoughts shared as part of the discussion today um alexandra what would you say is the key takeaway that you would like to share with the listener from today's discussion well i think that um it's important one takeaway is it's important to always look out for the tools that are out there so uh, we tend as marketers and just as busy people to stick to what we have, to what we know, and with the routine and amount of work that uh, we have to do every day, we don't look around and we don't explore what's happening out there. Um, and I see many people not knowing about some of the amazing tools out there um, just because they have something in their uh, kind of set and they they're happy with that but i think it's important to look out um, and get something new uh, once in a while and test it out and see how you can upgrade uh, what you have and yeah i think that's number one uh, as for number two is that um, there are always different use cases and something that you might consider being the tool for developers to run their planning uh, remotely can be an amazing tool for brainstorming at your event. So look for uh, different and unconventional ways to utilize the tool and to surprise uh, your attendees in my case, uh, or maybe to make your um, team's life easier or your own workflow um, better. Yeah, so I would stick to this main um, takeaways. Love it. Well, thanks so much for your time and your tips. What's the best way for the listener to find out more about you and what you do? I think uh, the best way to connect with me is on LinkedIn. I'm there every day. I share lots of uh, stuff about uh, events and virtual events in particular. And my direct messages are always open. I'm happy to connect with people to discuss uh, any ideas or any problems that they might have and uh, happy to help, especially if it relates about events or event marketing. And also my website, eventmadness.pro. You can go there, explore some of the articles or some of the things that I can help you with. Lovely. Thanks again, Alexandra. Thank you so much, David. It was a pleasure. And thank you, dear listener, for joining us. If you haven't done so already, sign up for your free trial of Content Cal, plan, collaborate on, approve and publish your content in one simple and intuitive calendar interface. Plus check out all the other MarTech Stack Show episodes over at contentcal.io. Also, Wherever you're watching or listening to this show, let us know your opinion. What are the three most important marketing technologies in your business? Let us know and we'll try and give you a shout out on a future show or maybe even have you on as a future guest. Thanks again. <laughs>